You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, once again, as we continue through the week here on Locked On Browns, your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd on the big Twitter machine at Locked On Browns, all lowercase, follow back account, DMs are open. We're going to continue to roll through this week. Uh, I'm going to obviously start prepping a little bit. we got a big Super Bowl matchup on Sunday, Kansas City Chiefs versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa, 25,000 folks in attendance, 30,000 cutouts, which seems a little weird if you're going to have 25,000 people. You should just let the folks actually be there. The cutouts at this point, if you're going to have that many, just seems a little redundant. Uh, But we're going to get into some Super Bowl thoughts. We're going to talk some possible upgrades, Browns offense-wise, what kind of they're looking for, Browns defense, the same thing, with senior analyst from PFF, Mr. John Costco. First things first, John, you, family, Winter, everybody holding up here as we're – it feels so weird that the Super Bowl's already here because normally it's five, six weeks of just being participants, Brown-wise. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is interesting that it's up. It's it came on to us really quickly. It feels like because um, it's already February, I, and I wasn't. Hey, you know what? It's actually my half birthday today. Would you look at that? But uh, there you uh, go, buddy. There yeah, you go. my wife is happy that the uh, the season is pretty much done with, and so it means I'm mm-hmm. not working eighty hours a week, and uh, the kids are obviously will enjoy that as well. So. Uh, but yeah, winter, you know, winter in Ohio is drastically different than winter in Northern Minnesota. So, uh, it's, you know, it's like, it doesn't feel like winter's hit yet. (laughs) (laughs) I only had one sweatshirt on today. This is crazy. (laughs) I wear flip flops and a t-shirt outside. (laughs) Maybe this ain't cold. Yeah. Uh, You know, John's lived the Viking life out there in Minnesota, so. More of a uh, – he's in the uh, balmy, balmy area now of uh, southern Ohio. Uh, John, game's coming up here. Um, we've got – you know, I, I think this is probably, for me, the most interesting matchup of this game is everyone will forever till their dying day say, look, there's not much you can say about Tom Brady, the success. And it's hard to even believe to say, you know, could there possibly be anybody that could come close? But Sunday at 25 years old with – two Super Bowl rings, if it works out that way for him on Sunday, then you start saying, who knows? You know, Maybe there could be somebody playing the game right now who could eventually once challenge essentially being the best of the best of the quarterback position in this league. Yeah, I mean, the first guy to do it was Otto Graham. You know, 10 years, 10 championship games, you you know, won seven of them. Tom Brady hasn't reached those levels yet, so uh, we'll – Give him a couple of years, John. Give him a couple of years. <laughs> well – he he, Tom Brady has struck out some. He hasn't made it to the Super Bowl every single year. So uh, you know, Otto Grant, he's got a lot to to get to. You know, he can't really reach that le- those levels yet. But no, I mean, all, all jokes aside, um, exactly. I mean, this is a quarterback matchup of obviously the previous generation of you know the you know the greatest quarterback of that generation versus the probably the greatest quarterback of this next generation and um you know when you when you talk about what Tom Brady's accomplished over his career it's nothing short of phenomenal um you know is he the most talented and most does he have the biggest arm and can he can he have the most the, the most mobile none of, no he's none of those things and you know that's kind of like what the quarterback position is is that you win with your mind 
Um, you have to be able to make the throws, but you know, if you get to this level, you, you can make all the throws and what separates Tom Brady is, is, you know, his, his mind and, and what, how he's able to uh, understand the game at, at an insane level. And, and, you know, and you look at it from like a PFF grade standpoint, it's not as if like Tom Brady over the course of his career is graded off at, you know, he's obviously graded at an elite level, but it's not as if like, you know, he, he graded, he didn't grade as well as like a Peyton Manning, but Peyton Manning never was able to take his team to, you know, consistently get to the Super Bowl, at, you know, 10 times or whatever. Um, you know, and, and part of it is, is Tom Brady's had the, the luxury of having a, long, a little bit longer of a career. So he does have, you know, once, once, you know, once Peyton Manning kind of actually did retire, you know, it made it easier for Tom Brady, but yeah, it's, it's really, it's really something that he's been able to do. And then, yeah, Tom, Patrick Mahomes is, he's, it's his system and that, you know, what they have going on with, you know, Andy Reid and those offensive weapons and Eric Bieniemy and all, all that, uh, they, they have a perfect cohesion there. And so it's, it'll be, you know, maybe it's a passing of a torch or maybe Tom Brady's not let, let, ready to let that go, but it'll be a really, really fascinating uh, you know, dichotomy there of, of two quarterbacks. Uh, no doubt about it. One thing I'm hoping for and praying for is, uh, the Chiefs love that little shotgun in the red zone where Mahomes rolls a little bit to the right, then throws the underhand to Kelsey basically off the center's ass. I'm waiting for the left-handed inversion. That's the one I want this week. Um, just to you know, throw something in there that you haven't seen yet. Game itself, though, John, how do you think it breaks it down? Who do you think eventually is hoisting the Lombardi come Sunday night? I think that the Chiefs are going to eventually um, be winning it at the end. I think it's – you know, my prediction all week has been 37-31. We're going to see a high-scoring game. Uh, you know, I think, you know, you look at the the Chiefs' offense, and really the only thing that has stopped the Chiefs' offense has been them this year. You know, you look at them against the Browns, the only thing that stopped them was because Patrick Mahomes basically got injured in that game. Um, even with the, the, the Buccaneers, basically since the first half of that game against the Chiefs in Week 12, They've been on, on an extremely high level. You look at um, Tom Brady and his ability to throw the deep ball. He's never been not been able to throw the deep ball. Um, it's just a, a, the deep ball is all about timing and accuracy with your you know wide receivers. And sometimes this being a step off will create a you know an incomplete pass. And between you know I think it was weeks five and eleven, the you know Tom Brady was like five for forty-one on his deep balls, They're just terrible numbers. And then since then he's been hitting it at about a fifty percent rate and grading off at an elite level, and it makes a whole difference in that that offense. So I think we're going to see a lot. You know, from a Tom Brady standpoint, you're going to see a lot of deep shots. That that's what that Bruce Arians offense is. Um, unfortunately, you're probably going to see a lot of first down runs and Tom Brady heroics that have to be on third down because that's kind of what Tom. You know the Bruce Arians is done, and then you're going to see on the other side of the ball just this uh, absolute, you know, is the track meet that's going on where you know, they're not going to run it on first downs. You're going to see a lot of passing on early downs, and um, I think I think you're going to see probably a maybe a, a an initial lead from from the Buccaneers, and then you know Mahomes doing Mahomes type stuff and and pulling away. I think for you know, and I agree, you know, a shootout. This is most likely going to be the recipe here. And this is where it kind of gets a little bit, you know, interesting. When you get to a shootout, obviously, it, it could be that one turnover. You know, whether Mahomes goes for the, you know, basically the, you know, holding on this ball, or you know, Brady sometimes susceptible in the pocket. You know, due to the limited motive, uh, mobility. You know, well, 
not at his age. He was never mobile. Who are we kidding? Um, <laughs> but you're going to look for something like that. Johnny B. He juked up, no, he juked up Brian Earl. Respect. Don't forget about that. Can't forget about his, his, his mobility when he's juking up Brian Earl. Like, I totally over, talked over your question. Yeah. So what was your question? That's quite right. <laughs> One, give me, a, give me the unsung name who could be a huge, huge part of Sunday. Chiefs, Bucks, either way. I think I think you're probably looking at a like a if you're looking at a Kansas City side you're probably looking at you know Demarcus Robinson um, as a as a guy that might out. he's out he's out okay he was, part of, the, he was part of the haircut COVID oh, he was part man. of the haircut COVID this is this is how much I've been paying attention to the news this week so far so then let's go with uh, like the Miko Hardman and I think you know basically it's a, a weapon outside of the you know, obviously the big two in terms of Tyreek Hill and, and Travis Kelsey. Um, and then your uh, running backs, they're running backs, you know, you obviously, I think, but I think what, what will happen is Amico Hardman can really stretch a field and you can forget about him because it's a, you know, he's like the fourth option on that offense. Um, and if you look at on Tampa Bay and Scotty Miller, I think he, he's a guy that, you know, he's, maybe their fastest guy on that, that offense and he can really stretch the field and, and Tom Brady has a really good connection with him. So, you know, if, if he's able to hit Scotty Miller and a couple of those deep balls, you know, that can really stretch the field and, you know, you know break open the game for the Buccaneers. Um, and my thing with Hardman is, is, you know, you're worried about the greatest tight end in the league. Um, you're worried about the guy who runs a four, two. So everybody sleep on the guy who runs a four, three. Um, and we saw a little bit, obviously what Mr. Hardman was able to bring, you know, when the Browns faced him. We're going to get back here with John a little bit. We're going to shift the focus back to Browns. Uh, what we're looking for possibly to improve the offensive side of the ball. Last segment, we'll do the same thing on the defensive side of the ball. More coming here. Lockdown Browns. Jeff Floyd joined by PFS John Costco. Are we ready for some football? We better be. We only got one game left. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday, Kansas City Chiefs, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is it. Enjoy it in what could be a absolutely stoic matchup. And of course, as I build this up, it could turn out to be an absolute snoozer or pouring rain in Tampa. Usually the the Kavorka I can put on things. But there is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKDOWN, all caps, no space, for your 50% welcome bonus. We know the NFL game of the week, but don't forget NCAA, NBA, NHL, all at betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKDOWN to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. Looking at the offensive side of the ball, John, and also I just want to drop this in real quick. If you guys have not checked out Lockdown today, uh, led by Peter Bukowski, who does Lockdown Packers Force, uh, Pete's Pro does a fantastic job. Uh, gives you five to seven minutes of just basically the NFL news of the day, uh, crushing it so far uh, as the network continues to grow. So go ahead, check out Lockdown today. But, John, the offensive side of the ball, uh, I think one of the greatest things is to say offensive line, check. We're good. Uh, I mean, I don't. I'm not even possible. I, I'm not even sure they're even gonna have to entertain anything other than maybe guys that may end up being a couple of camp bodies. But it, it, it's gonna need some progression. It, this offense is gonna need to hit the next phase, and we're not gonna go necessarily there. But John, there's things that are needed. There are types that are needed. We just spoke about the Kansas City Chiefs 
and having a couple of players that just literally scared the bejesus out of a defensive coordinator, uh, out of a secondary and a defensive coordinator going, oh, no, uh, not this formation. I called this. They got strips right. These are three guys that run like Olympians. Oh, God. <laughs> Close your eyes and hope. For the best. <laughs> yeah. You know, if, if, if this touch on the offensive line, obviously the Browns had the number one offensive line in, in football this year, both in run blocking and, and pass protection. I'd say that, that if there's one thing, though, you, you might want to look at some, you know, day three picks that bolster the offensive line in, in that regard. If you if guys fall to you to, to help some depth, but that'd be really it. Um, wide receivers though, you, you definitely need, uh, somebody to take the top off the defense, because if you look at, you just look at that, that game against the Kansas city chiefs in the playoffs, you look at the, the throws that Mahomes had and the throws that Baker had to make, there was, there was like barely anybody getting open. There was like maybe a handful of plays. I mean, fewer than five throws that Baker had that there were people getting open. Everything, everything though, was tightly contested, um, tight window throws that Baker had to make. Look at Mahomes on the other side of the field. Everything was wide open because part of it is because of the way that, the, you know, the, the Chiefs played defense. You know, the Browns played chief, defense against the Chiefs, but it's because of the talent that they have. They have the speed. They have the, um, you know, obviously Mahomes is a great quarterback, but they just have the, the weapons to be able to, put fear into that defense and the Browns don't have that from a wide receiver standpoint. And so, you know, you get, you're going to get OBJ back this year and, you know, there's unless, unless you're finding a trade partner for him, he's not going anywhere because you're not cutting OBJ. So I, I'm fully expecting OBJ to be on the team. I'm actually really curious about seeing what he can do on the team with a full off season with the same coaching staff and having, having an actual off season together with Baker Mayfield playing the, the way he was. And, and, you know, the, the, the data, when you look at it, uh, Baker's, you know, grades are phenomenal when OBJ has not been, not, I mean, not been on a field. And when he's on a field, it's been, they've been really bad. This could be just purely coincidence, you know, uh, it's with, with how a 2019 went, went with, you know, what we looked at and saw the worst coaching staff in the NFL, um, and then basically looking at the first six games of this year where you're just saying, hey, that's a preseason in, in training camp. So, you know, if you add, a, a, you know, some weapons that can get open on a consistent basis, uh, really, really would open up this offense and be able to have make easier throws for Baker. I know that the scheme does help in terms of just scheming things up or you're, you're having these boot plays and stuff like that. But but really, like, that's, you know, Baker was making throws uh, down the stretch. It wasn't. It's, it's not like he was playing well because of the scheme. He was playing extremely well despite what was around him. So take the top off the defense, maybe even add some more underneath guys that can get open as well. But he definitely did have more speed in those wide receiver group. Now, with one year remaining on the contract for Nick Chubb, <clears throat> the way things are headed, you know, obviously where Nick is obviously going to look at a good payday, it's going to be his choice. Essentially, maybe if it's, you know, sticking around for less or it's actually, you know, going and chasing the money and go chase the money, young man. You've already, you've already tempted fate once. Um, early, John, to maybe start looking, this, if there's a running back, they think that can fit this system, even if maybe the opportunity is going to be sparing in 2021. They have a lot of assets. They, you know, if the cap breaks 
in a favorable thing, which is the weirdest thing about this entire offseason is nobody knows where the cap's yet. And you have a whole bunch of GMs literally crossing the board anyway. Hello, New Orleans Saints. But, you know, some of these teams, you know, it's just you, you don't know what you're working with yet. But is it maybe too early to start dipping your toes in that water? I mean, if somebody follows you on day three then and you like them and had like a day two, you know, or, or you know, for a second round pick uh, on your big board or whatever you had a, as a round two grade, sure, take him. But I, I'm not targeting running backs in, in a draft um, this year. I think you've got – obviously you got two of the best ones in, in the NFL under contract this year. I think we saw what um, the Ernest Johnson was able to do in, in limited uh, snaps and, and whatnot. But, um, you know, this what he was able to do, um, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't drafted. So we can see what, you know, and I think you look at running backs, they're kind of a dime a dozen and really are more dependent upon your offensive line making, um, making the blocks and opening up the running lanes for you. So running back, I'm not saying so. Like I know that PFF, we have this saying that like running backs don't matter and all that stuff, um, which they they do. I mean, I think you, you need to be able to run the ball when you have to be able to run the ball. But I don't think it's a position that you you spend draft capital on, um, especially in you know top top three or four rounds um, this year. And I think if a guy falls to you, that you just go out, you can't pass up and you take him. And I think he's a guy that you, um, you know, have as a back end of your roster guy that you can develop into, you know, becoming a starter, because I think you do want to get somebody in there probably to be able to replace Dick Chubb when he goes somewhere else. Cause as far as I know, you know, you look at this front office, I don't see it. I don't see the Andrew Barry in this front office paying out big bucks to a running back, you know, Nick Chubb to keep him on the team, you know, when, when this is not a philosophy that makes sense from a roster building standpoint. So um, as good as Nick Chubb is, um, you know, unless he takes a really team friendly deal and they, they can make it work out where it's not detrimental to, you know, signing more, much more important positions, you know, then, then maybe Nick Chubb will be, be around. But I think that's what the, the future holds for, you know, in terms of what is going to happen with Nick Chubb and the, and the Cleveland Browns. Wait a minute, but he's a leader. He's he's a guy you want to have other guys model after. He's does that only best. apply to, does that only apply to certain only applies <laughs> to certain positions? I guess. I guess I, I, I'm just saying because apparently this team only has one leader, even though they have a star quarterback, they have a star defensive end, they have a running back who never says anything and shows up every day like it's the last day of his job. They have an All-Pro left guard. Um, their center, for God's sakes, John is president of the NFL Players Association, but apparently this team only has one leader. One leader. One leader. It's not Kevin. It's not, it's not Kevin Savansky. It's not Baker Mayfield. No, it's not Andrew Barry. No, not at all. No, one hundred percent. And it's 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 all about that. A little fun. It's funny. Folks. It's funny how like the the cult the culture completely changed when uh, you know this Jarvis Landry was acquired, right? And but what what happened in twenty nineteen? You know, was the culture then? Uh, was it still good then, or was it not? I mean, it's Jarvis Landry is a great leader. I mean, I think I, I don't think anybody's going to dispute that or whatever. But it's like you don't. It's not about disputing that. It's not right. It's not a you don't you don't pay players top five ten money at their position because of their leadership abilities. You pay them because because they can produce at that type of level, and you don't. Yeah, you, know, you just don't do that. And and obviously, like a, a Nick Chubb does produce at that type of level, but. You don't pay that. Then there's comes to the philosophy of like, do you pay running backs that type of money? And then the answer, in my opinion, and I think you know a lot of people's opinions is, is no. To put this, no, 
matter how good that player is, you have to be able to spend, wisely spend your money um, elsewhere and, and to be able to build build it up at positions that add more to the value and, and the wins on the win column for the team. So, um, yeah, like I love – everybody loves Nick Chubb, right? Like everybody does. Like he is the absolute hardest worker you'll probably find in that building every single day, does not complain. But – and that's that's great. Like if young players can see him, you know, act like that and, and play like that and play at that ability, that's great. They want to mold themselves after that. But then you don't pay him – astronomical money and then not be able to bring these young guys along that's just how it is so it's a it's, it's a fickle beast this business no doubt but uh keep in mind you find a guy like aaron jones around in round six yeah that's somewhere where you're going to you're six I thought, man i had like a Go ahead and check again i got work to do here but you check again in the meantime we're gonna be getting here to the defensive side of the ball i'm pretty sure it's round six no two people are alike and no two tax returns are alike either. Thankfully, round five, John Costco, thank you. Turbo Tax Live has experienced tax experts who are ready to listen to you uh, and learn about your unique tax situation and help you get the best tax outcome. Maybe you have some questions about your filing status, or maybe you want to hand the whole thing off to one of TurboTax's tax experts from start to finish. Whatever you want to, whatever you want to file with the help of an expert or let the expert file for you. TurboTax Live tax experts give you the confidence to know that your uniquely you taxes are done right. Intuit TurboTax Live. Mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody. They are reliably low. Rockauto.com offers the lowest prices possible rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear, similar to what the airlines do. Rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or account login. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write LOCKED ON, all caps with a space, in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Yeah, we'll flip it up. Other side here of the ball. Um... What was done by Joe Woods this year? Just I, I, for me, again, I, I just I can't get over it enough. Um, you know, you literally, you know, the old saying of, you know, trying to make, you know, chicken salad out of chicken, as everybody knows. Um, but this is the year to, you know, can we get the guy some tools? Can we, we try to put the guy in a better position to succeed? Oh, my God, how can they play this prevent defense like this? Okay, well, would you rather the Pittsburgh Steelers score in four plays? Or would you rather either manipulate them to having go 10, 12 minutes, eight minutes to score? There's, there's got to be things done. And, you know, I know a lot of people are complaining about the linebacker position. We've talked about this a ton. Um, the Browns are going to look at the amount of money they spent at the linebacker position, and they're going to say, we won. We won on that deal because we didn't put anything into the position, and we actually had some players, whether folks realize it or not, do some things. B.J. Goodson, best year of his NFL career, making less than $3 million. Um, you may be some younger players on the rise in Sione Takitaki 
and Jacob Phillips, probably still something that's not going to matter because they're not going to be relied upon heavily. Um, but John, to take this to match your offense, uh, similar to your defense, and you look at things like we're going to have to play teams like the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to have to play athletic teams like the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> it's athletes everywhere. And, you know, not necessarily the linebacker position because it, it just doesn't translate in this. You know, has PFF gone with the maybe linebackers don't matter yet? Or are we only doing that on the offensive side of the ball? But uh, beef up the front, this is in the rear. Yeah. Um, so Malcolm Smith was the 16th out of 85 linebackers. Sione Takitaki was 17th. BJ Goodson was 22nd. So, and they were, you know, those, those are the three of the six, you know. And six, you can add up every linebacker they had on this roster, and they did not make the salary Joe Schobert made this year in Jacksonville. Right. And, and Joe, you know, look at Joe Schobert's grade. I, I would have to look at it, but he's bottom third of the league in grade this year. Granted, that situation in Jacksonville was an absolute train wreck, um, but still. Like, but even so, you know, the Jaguars, I mean, you're picking one overall, and you spent what last year? $23 million on two linebackers? Yeah. It's, That's an excellent front office. Linebackers don't – they are the running backs of the of the defense, essentially. So you think about it, um, when when was Ray when Lewis at scoring 40 points a game, it ain't about running backs and linebackers. It really is not. And you think about it like with Ray Lewis, um, was it was it him that was excellent or is it Haloti Nada that was keeping him clean from blocks that he was allowing him, him to go sideline to sideline to make plays? <laughs> great. I mean, Ray Lewis is a great player, but like you get you got to you get up to blocking. If you Ray don't Lewis. get touched, you should be able to go make every tackle. That's part exactly. of it. <laughs> exactly. So linebackers, they, they serve a purpose naturally, but the more important positions are that secondary, A, you've got to be able to stop, you know, the passing attack. Um, and then you're also looking at your defensive line of being able to rush the passer and then also, you know, control the gaps in the run game. If you have interior defensive linemen that are getting this pushed around, like Larry Ogunjobi and Sheldon Richardson were against the Raiders, you're not going to be able to stop the run. They're just going to get, they're going to continually just run it for five, six yards a, a carry. And, that's it. And it's demoralizing to a defense. And if you can't hold your ground, then it's, that's what happens. So with the Browns, what they want to be able to do is run a, you know, four, two, five or a four, one, six, where you have athletes out on the field that can match the speed of the Lamar Jacksons of this world. And you're not going to have a single linebacker in the NFL. That's going to be able to match the speed of Lamar Jackson. It doesn't happen. So the way you counteract that is to be able to play, you know, four down linemen that can control those gaps and then have speed guys that can match the speed that, that Lamar is running at and also be good at filling those gaps and being being able to drop down back into coverage. So big nickel, the big nickel, big dime, that type of stuff is going to be coming to Cleveland if they can get the personnel for it. And that is a way to be able to stop these guys. You know, the you're not going to, you know, if, if, if the Kansas City Chiefs are going to line up and say – 12 personnel where they have two tight ends and two wide receivers out in the field. You're not going to start, you're not going to match that with big because then you're going to, you're going to have not enough guys to be able to stop, you know, a Travis Kelsey and a Tyree kill and a Mecole Hardman. Those guys are going to run all over the field on you and you need more speed to be able to match up with all that. So yeah, that linebacker is not a position that the Browns are going to touch this off season, in my opinion. And if they do, they're going to spend very little on it. Um, because they're going to find guys at super discount prices like they did with DJ Goodson. And they're going to be looking at getting that 
an edge opposite Miles Garrett probably, and some defensive, to, you know, interior guys, defensive tackles to be able to stop the run and you know stuff the get after the passer, and then getting the secondary is going to be vastly improved just from the fact that the, you know guys are going to get healthy, but they're still going to add to that. So there's pieces that there's a lot of work that needs to be done on the defensive side of the ball, but guys are coming back that are healthy. You think about it, Andrew Billings was out for the whole year. He's going to be coming back. That's going to be phenomenal for the Browns because he can stuff that run and is solid enough as a pass rusher. So there's there's a lot of good that's coming that, you know, was already here. Um, and then at the, and on top of the probably the moves that you're going to see them make of, uh, you know, another defensive lineman, a couple of, of, you know, guys in the secondary. So it'll be – that's, you know, long-winded, but that's what you got to do for the, for the defense side. Pick number 26. Is it D-line? Is it a cornerback? I don't think there's, you know, just thinking about it off the top of, of, of what D-lineman would be there. I it don't would be see an edge before it would be a D-tackle. Right. So, like, I, I like that um, Aleem McNeil guy from NC State. I think he would be I – don't, I don't think he's a first-round guy that anybody's talking about. I have to look at these, and, I, and I, I'm not in draft mode yet to, to really know, but my oh, guess would be – We're here. Yeah. Well, I'll get there. I'll, I'll get there. I'll get there. But <laughs> I, I, I think that cornerback is more likely, and I would – but I think if you have a guy like, you know, that falls to, at, at an edge position there, that, you know, maybe a sure thing, you know, you know, edge is more predictable in terms of, you know, translating from college to the NFL than cornerback is because cornerback is a highly volatile position, but I think you still need to – you need to find those elite type guys at that cornerback position, or at least have a good floor. And, you know, we saw what happened for the Browns this year with all the injuries that they had. I, I would, I would lean going cornerback at that position, but I mean, naturally I'm the type that will see, Hey, what's happening in the draft and who's falling before making any decision on that. A fee to Malafonwu. That's my dude. So he, my guy. he is what everybody wanted Obi to be. Well, and the other thing, though, is is maybe this is going to be one of those ones where little brother piggybacked off a of big brother without the injuries. Um, and same agent, and I knew the agent well for OB workout numbers. Get ready for him. They're going to be very similar to his brothers, but he's also got the tape. His 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 senior bowl, so I, I haven't looked at everything, but uh, the last day of practices, he was locked down in one-on-ones. And, you know, guy, his, if his size – that's the type of guy you you probably are looking for and wanting. He had didn't have uh, excellent or elite grades or anything, but he was he had good grades every year of his of his career. So he's a guy that I definitely want the Browns to take a look at for sure. And the other thing is the first thing I think is the size. And we talk about getting players to deal with a player like Lamar Jackson. Um, I look at him size length. There's also a little bit of a problem developing in Pittsburgh for the Browns in Chase Claypool. Um, Denzel Ward's fantastic, um, but when you're giving up, you know, three and a half inches, and you're giving up maybe thirty-five pounds, because who knows really, truly what Denzel weighs? Um, difficult matchup. So I think he's a Nita. good guy there. One yeah, before Nita, we go, Nita, go ahead. Yeah, Nita. Um, he kind of. I mean, I haven't I haven't studied him fully or whatever, but like he's got the size of like a Jalen Ramsey, a little bit bigger than a Jalen Ramsey, and Jalen Ramsey can hold up against any any wide receiver size wise and speed wise because he has that ability, and, and if if you know, if Fidu Melifanu has that, then, you know, that's a guy that you you want on your team. John, Deshaun Watson, 2021. Where is he? Um, 
Let's Houston. put it this way. Is he in Houston? He's, yes. He's in Houston. Are they going to find a way to mend the fences? Or is it just going to be, uh, we've already pissed you off this freaking much, you know, like similar to do you do to your spouse. Like I do this every single day and I know it annoys you, but I guess I'm not going to change. So he hasn't, he and Nick has, Cassiero haven't talked as far as I know. And also the, the new head coach, um, they haven't been able to speak yet. So there's, I, I know that the issue that Watson has is with the ownership rather than you know, the guys that he's going to be working with every day. So I think there's can be some mending that happens there. And um, some banana I bread. Think, somebody bakes bake something nice, a pie, banana bread. Comes yeah, all the here's here. a pie. Oh, all things are good now. Right. So I think, I think he's still <laughs> going to be there. Um, the asking price will be too high. And nobody's going to be able to meet meet, and they're not going to want to trade him in conference if they end up doing do trading him. So it's, the options are in the AFC, I think, are eliminated where a lot of, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, the AFC options, but I don't think they want to do that. And then, uh, you know, on the NFC side of things, and I, I know that the 49ers have been thrown out there, but I, I just don't think any team really has enough to be able to, to give up from that the Texans are going to give up. And I think they're going to try to, um, you know, mend that situation because I, I think he, he hasn't met with the new the new staff essentially to be able to you know, maybe piece that back together. Well, and the other thing is, is who knows where this situation is going to be in a year from now, because I'm not really sure how Houston's going to get much better when you don't have much to get yourself better. Yeah. I mean, this is, it is an issue obviously for that they have. I mean, are they going to, are they going to do like a try to trade JJ Watt to get some type of picks or do stuff to just get creative? They, they have some, they have some options and at least on the offense side of the ball, you know, you have good things going on there. They had their, the best offensive line that they've had since, you know, Deshaun Watson's been there. And if they can, if they can just be a little bit better on defense, they're they're actually not all that bad off, but yeah, there's, they have, they have a problem of, of bringing in a lot of talent. And I think that, you know, Nick Casario is going to have a lot of work to, to do to build back up this roster and trading, you know, to be honest, trading Watson, if you can do it for a lot of picks to be able to rebuild this roster and do it Sashi style would be, you know that's a really good situation there, but at the, at the same time, it's really difficult to find a franchise quarterback in this in this league. And clearly, Deshaun Watson is one of those. So you don't really want to be able to give you don't want to give up that type of piece, young piece, especially just to get your your team back together. So I get it though. You know, I think you think you can find quarterbacks are coming into the league better than they were. You know, six years ago. Um, so you got a lot more young, better young quarterbacks now than you ha- ever had before. So you know, maybe maybe they think that they can in two years they can or even a year draft like a you know, another another guy or whatever and see if they can get themselves into position to do so. It's almost, you know, I mean it's it would almost be cutting your nose to spite your face. There's only one thing this organization really has going on right now, and it is Deshaun Watson. So probably best to make that work because in order to, you know, want players to maybe come play with the Houston Texans, it's probably going to be because they want to come play with Deshaun Watson. He is John Costco, senior analyst from PFF. Uh, always a pleasure having John on here, and we had him come on here in a pinch tonight. And thank you, Mrs. Ashley Costco. Appreciate that uh, for uh, letting John just dangle into the season just a little bit longer, just a tad bit longer. Uh, me personally, Jeff uh, underscore LJ underscore Lloyd at John Costco Twitter. Uh, the show itself at Lockdown Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open. Uh, the Spotify, iTunes, subscribe, 
rate review. We're going to continue this week. Uh, a bunch of great stuff here with all Browns. We'll have more prep for the Super Bowl. And then, you know, come next week, it's 100%. You know, we are nothing else but offseason, free agency, draft. Feels weird not talking about assistant coaches right now or any of that stuff. It's it's good. It's weird, but it's a good, good, weird. We will talk to you all tomorrow. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.